In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, In your prayers do not babble as the pagans do, for they think that by using many words they will make themselves heard. Do not be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be held holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven those who are in debt to us. And do not put us to the test, but save us from the evil one. Yes, if you forgive others their failings, your Heavenly Father will forgive you yours. But if you do not forgive others, your Father will not forgive your failings either. The Gospel of the Law Having completed our procession of the image of Our Lady of Walsingham whilst praying the Rosary, are the words of our Lord accusing us of praying like the pagans? Do not babble as the pagans do. Sounds like a serious indictment of Catholic prayer, but none other than Jesus. Do we not rattle off our rosaries, chaplets, novenas, and even prayers at Mass? Is the Lord asking us to abandon fixed prayer in favour of a more spontaneous type? If the premise of the last question was true, then our Lord would not have taught us this prayer, the Our Father a prayer that has been memorized by almost all Catholics and is used daily and most frequently. What our Lord meant in his warning is that we need not use an unnecessary excess of words just because we think that the more prayers and invocations we recite, we have a higher chance of our prayer being heard. Just like yesterday's gospel passage, we should not reduce prayer to a performance, not even if God is the only audience. In those days, many people in the Greco-Roman world often called out the names of gods. Any god apparently counts as long as it works, with the hope that one among these gods turns out to be the one who answers prayers. It was a spiritual form of lucky draw. Prayers would also be made up of fragments of words and phrases in various languages and magical incantations. It was all because of their belief that the recitation of certain words and phrases and the repetition of certain formulas would compel the gods and spirits to give them whatever they want. Prayer was synonymous to magic. Jesus was probably referring to this practice that shows that we have no need of reciting very complicated strings of prayers, invocations or spells just to make God hear us. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. He shows us that prayer does not work like magic. If magic seeks to control the gods and spirits and compel them to do our bidding with certain esoteric formulas, prayer is allowing God to do what he wills with us. Note that we pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, and not, My kingdom come, my will be done. 
So remember the next time someone accuses you of babbling like the pagans when you are saying your most treasured Catholic prayers. Rest assured that you are not. Our Catholic prayers are not made up stuff or the product of superstitious mindset. It is God himself who teaches us how to pray. Pray like this. Remember them. Remind them. Pagans do not pray the rosary, chaplet, and novenas. So by definition, you are not praying like the pagans do. Today we celebrate the feast of two English saints and martyrs, St. John Fisher and St. Thomas More. The latter may be familiar to many of you since a church in our own diocese has been given his name. John Fisher was a bishop and Thomas More a merit layman, but both were beheaded for their refusal to comply with the Act of Supremacy, a law which made King Henry VIII head of the church, which broke ties of communion with the Roman pontiff. St. Thomas More and St. John Fisher laid down their lives rather than violate their consciences or their sacred principles. Their courageous witness of faith continues to stir the minds and hearts of people yearning for authentic freedom. We do well to speak of St. Thomas More and St. John Fisher in the same breath because they demonstrate how together the laity and clergy, each according to their specific vocations, can and must defend and foster religious freedom. St. John Fisher, after refusing to sign the oath of supremacy, declaring Henry VIII, the head of the church, gave this reason for his principal refusal. Quote, I cannot in any wise possibly take the oath except I should make shipwreck of my conscience, and then were I fit to serve neither God nor man. End of quote. St. Thomas, at his execution, famously declared, I die the king's good servants and God's first. St. John Paul II wrote this when he proclaimed St. Thomas More, patron of statesmen, that, quote, the life and martyrdom of St. Thomas More have been a source of a message which spans the centuries and which speaks to people everywhere of the inalienable dignity of the human conscience. Wherever men or women heed the call of truth, their conscience then guides their actions reliably towards good precisely because of the witness which he bore even at the price of his life to the primacy of truth over power saint thomas more is an imperishable example of moral integrity End of quote. these great english martyrs interrogate us does the gospel truth matter to us are we willing to die for the truth for happiness and right moral activity is not determined by the law, nor by popular consensus, but by something far more enduring and reliable, truth. Indeed, what is right and wrong, what will truly satisfy us as human beings, is grounded in God, who is truth. It is Jesus Christ who saves us and gives us true joy and peace. That is to say, our salvation comes from Christ, and not from the state, nor politics, nor the law, nor anything that man can manufacture. Salvation comes from a living faith in Jesus. May these great saints and martyrs intercede for us now and in the days and years to come. 
We pray for the day when we will witness the fulfillment of the prophecy of Pope Leo XIII. When England returns to Walsingham, Our Lady will return to England. Our Lady of Walsingham, patron of England, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.